0: Welcome to the Baby on the Brand series, where we interview prominent Canadian businesswomen who have achieved a high level of success. We're not only focused on where they are now, but how they got there in the first place. We talk about the lessons they learned, the struggles and rejection they experienced, and the way they pivoted and used change as an opportunity to create the disruptive, unique, and powerful Canadian brands we knew and love. We hope that this new series will inspire young and new entrepreneurs as they step into the entrepreneurship world and build their own successful empire, paving the way for their own revolution. Get inspired, feel empowered, and get to know the babe beyond the brand. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you just got engaged. Now, do you know what style of dress that you like? Do you know how much you want to spend? How many bridesmaids do you want and what color do you want their dresses? Okay, destination, backyard wedding. Guys, there's so much to plan, a budget to prepare, and vendors to book that you don't know where to start. But Canada's largest bridal magazine, Today's Bride, will help you find everything you need from your engagement to your wedding day and your honeymoon. But the question is, who is behind the scenes and what is it like working for Canada's top bridal magazine? Well, with her first job out of school writing catalog and flyer copies for the Hudson's Bay Company, this boss babe worked on medical journals, financial press releases, and dog and cat publications, and she was the former editor of Parents Canada magazine. Please welcome editor-in-chief of Today's Bride, Amy Bilby. Hello. Hi, Amy. How are you doing this evening?
1: I am really good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Amy, before we get into all the questions and stuff, I have to tell you. So when I was in school and going through, you know, your career, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always said I wanted to be a journalist and I kid you not, it was one thing that I was always inspired and wanted to do, especially, I mean, for those who've seen how to lose a guy in 10 days who wouldn't want to like be put in a real life situation, kind of like Andy, right? And go dating and then actually go write about it. But it was funny because my mom actually told me, she was like, Holly, if you want to get into journalism and you want to work for a big fashion or bridal or baby magazine, you have to move to somewhere big like Toronto or Vancouver, right? Because that's where all the big publications are.
1: I live in Hamilton, just outside of Toronto and all my jobs have been in Toronto. Uh, Since I got out, since I was graduated, actually I commuted half my time at school too when I went to Ryerson. Um, But yeah, those... That's where the jobs are.
0: Yeah, so what influenced your decision then to get into journalism? Were you you like me, where you had this dream and vision where you actually were like watching TV and you're like, oh my gosh, I wanna do something like this. Like, how did that come to be?
1: You know what, I always loved writing anything. I I can remember being in grade two and having a poem about snowflakes published in the school newsletter. I can still remember like a couple of the lines from it. Um, So I always liked writing, but I mean, I wasn't going to be a poet so I didn't know how to you know transfer that into real life. Um, So for a brief moment I think teacher entered my mind but always in the back of my mind I wanted to do journalism or writing of some kind. Um, So I decided to apply to journalism school but I was not applying to Ryerson which is the top journalism school in Canada. And I showed up to class one day in high school and two of my friends stopped me before I went in the door. And they said, we have signed all three of us up for the tour at Ryerson. We're going right now. We're taking you. We already signed you out at the office. Let's go. And I was nervous, but we went and they were both going for broadcast journalism and I I was going for print and it was amazing. And I ended up applying to Ryerson and getting in and Those two poor boys did not get in (laughs) and I feel awful, Um, but they basically helped to change my life and get me into Ryerson.
0: Interesting, oh my goodness, that's quite a story. And especially that it landed you in Ryerson and you got in and you ended up loving it. That's crazy.
1: I did, and when I went to Ryerson, I thought I'm gonna be a journalist, I'm gonna do hard-hitting news and it's gonna be amazing. And then in my first year, I decided I really did not like news. Big part of it was um, we had to take newspaper, radio, television, and magazine writing. And at the time I was taking news, um, I was taking television, and a girl I knew from high school, her home burned down and her, she lost her mom in the fire. And the newscasts, the news, they were right there in her face as she came home to see her house had burned down and she had lost her mom in the fire. And I thought, how dare those journalists infringe on her personal space when this is the lowest moment of her life? And I thought, there's no way I can be a part of that. I do not want to be in people's business like that. So I went more of the lifestyle way and became a magazine writer because you get to kind of go more in depth with people and learn their stories and it's more emotional and personal rather than just facts, facts, facts.
0: Right, right. So how did you start then your career? Because now we see in the States and on again, I'm going to keep referencing movies here because that's all we know is yeah. very stereotypical movies. Um, we see interns. Now, is that how you started your career?
1: No, I actually didn't intern. So when you're at Ryerson, uh, you do a fourth year internship, if I can remember correctly. For every other stream except for the magazine stream. And at Ryerson, the magazine students publish their own magazine in the fourth year. So that's sort of our real life experience that we get. So I I didn't personally do an internship. I actually applied for uh, like a copywriter type job at the Bay, at Hudson's Bay Company, and they had filled the position. And I think maybe I was naive or I just didn't understand that I shouldn't be harassing this poor woman and being like, oh, do you have any openings now? How about now? How about now? And at one point she emailed me back and said, you know what? I can't let you go without giving you a job because, you know, you're just so persistent. And, you know, we really got along. So she offered me a job at the bay and that's when I started. And I was writing, you know, this lamp will be a lovely accent to your living room and exciting content like that.
0: You got to start somewhere and it's the people that keep going and knocking on the door and showing up regardless how silly and crazy you look, like you said, the persistence, it gets you and and it makes people remember And they're like okay obviously this girl wants to work here let's find her a job and so then you start working your way up to the top so tell us then first I guess how you ended up working for parents magazine and which is so cool by the way and then your your career then venturing you to become an editor-in-chief for that magazine
1: yeah so I ended up freelancing for someone who had worked at a parenting magazine and then she moved to a different company and they were hiring someone and she recommended me and we had never met before and i would just been freelancing some articles for her and so i went in and met with the publisher and with the editor and uh, they were doing several pregnancy magazines uh, baby magazines parenting and today's bride and at the time they were actually doing a dog magazine and a cat magazine And so I got hired on to work on the pregnancy magazines and the dog and cat. And from there, I just kind of dipped my toe into the bigger Parents Canada magazine and also Today's Bride and eventually ended up taking over both
0: interesting that's so cool well congratulations on your journey because it just sounds incredible like you really worked your way to the top um but what influenced your decision then amy to want to work specifically for a bridal magazine and make that shift from working for you know talking about pregnancy and babies which there's so much to talk about then to shift gears and move over to the bridal industry
1: so it was sort of I don't want to say that it was forced upon me at my job but it the opening was there and i'd already worked on it and i was really happy i really wanted to take over a national consumer magazine um it was very popular and it's very well loved today's bride's been around for over 40 years like 43 years now or something and it's it has a name for itself and as the more i got into it the more i loved it because it's all happy Every single day is a happy day. There's no, even when you're writing parenting magazines and pregnancy, sure, that's happy, but there's a yes. lot of bad stuff too that you have to write about. But bridal is all pretty things and all happy and all love. So it's, it's barely a job, you know, yeah. it's something that just puts a smile on your face every day.
0: So what's a day in the life of an editor look like then Amy and in your opinion what are some essential skills that every magazine editor must have?
1: I hate to break it to you but I would say that 95% of my days are really boring and sitting in front of my computer and editing and assigning and you know that kind of thing and and with that comes you know organizational skills and multitasking skills and attention to detail and editing, those kind of things. And then the other 5% of my time is me wondering how I actually landed such a dream job. I mean, one of the most perfect moments for me is, um, you know, waking up in St. Lucia. And with 10 pe- my team of 10 people that I had chosen, with the dresses that I had chosen, with the model I had selected, with the photographer I love and had asked to come and our videographer and our stylist and uh, makeup artist and everybody there assembled this perfect team. And we went and shot a fashion shoot in St. Lucia for destination weddings. And, you know, we're on the beach and it's 4 (laughs) a.m. and makeup's getting done and because we wanted to be on the beach for sunrise and it's exhausting and at the same time, I'm like, how is this my life? Is this for real? And all of us on that trip felt that way, you know? And I remember we were sort of chasing, trying to duck the rain. We were out on a boat, trying to get this beautiful shot on the ocean and the rain's chasing us. And we finally got that shot. And then like the clouds kind of parted and we're all sitting in there on the boat, looking at each other, like, this is work. This is our work day. And it's, it was amazing. I loved it
0: cool that's awesome yeah not a bad gig I would say
1: not bad at (laughs) all and then you know after that I went back to the office a few days later and then I had to pack up all the wedding dresses and lug them all over the office and ship them back and that's not fun you know but it's it's fun choosing the wedding dresses and hanging them in my office and everybody comes by and like checking out the dresses because I'm you know who doesn't want to look at 10 wedding dresses you know hanging in someone's office
0: Amy you're talking about bringing and hauling all those wedding dresses back but where's your Andy where's Andy from Miranda Priestley's office oh like gosh. your assistant helping you there
1: I do not have an Andy and let me tell you it's so funny <laughs> like the first time I did a shoot the very first time and I wasn't an editor yet I went around and got all these wedding dresses and I'm like so gently placing them in the trunk of my car and I don't want anything to hurt them. It was like having a newborn baby, you know, when you bring your baby home you're like, oh, we have to be so delicate. And then when you're like, have your second kid, you realize that children are much more durable than you think. So by the time I'm doing my shoots now, I'm kicking the wedding dresses into my trunk and like, like shutting the car, the trunk door. And you know, you can be a lot more rough with them. And now it's just, yeah, now it's become such a routine for us. And, you know, it's so much fun. And I realize I don't have to baby these little wedding dresses, but I still do have to do everything on myself. I don't, I don't have an Andy for me.
0: <laughs> We're going to make so many, like, editorial references to movies here, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But speaking of Miranda Priestley, though, Amy, now do you consider yourself somewhat of a harsh editor or, or a critiquer?
1: Um, only when I have to be. Uh, I feel that choosing uh, writers or photographers or stylists, as long as you choose the right person from the start, then you won't have to be as harsh with them. And they understand where your mindset is. My art director, not that I've chosen her, she existed before I did on the magazine, she and I share a brain. You know, I barely have to ask for changes for anything when she's do- designing our pages. But I feel like as long as you have the right people, there is no harsh criticism. Like journalism is about being criticized. And I ask for it all the time. As soon as I have a magazine come out, I want everybody to tell me what was wrong with that magazine. You tell me what's nice about it too. That's great. But I want to know what was wrong because that's how you grow. And that, I guess that's with any career, but especially with writing, you're never going to get any better until somebody tells you what's wrong with what you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm, I bet. And especially for proofreading too, like your magazines are not like a little paperback. Like it's, well, not paperback, maybe not to reference it like a paperback, but it's not like, you know, a two or three pager newsletter kind of thing. It's, it's a lot of pages. So what does the editing process then
1: look like? So I am the first eyes on, on everything, obviously I assign and I try to be really specific when I assign stories and tell the writers exactly what I want. Um, I love when writers come to me with ideas too first of all like that's great that way I don't have to think as much it's awesome when somebody comes to me with a great idea I'm like yes please do that um so I see it edit as much as I can it's then sent to our art director who will lay it out in a beautiful page and make it look pretty and make it look like a magazine page and then I'm really lucky that uh at the company I'm with somebody kind of stepped into a role as proofreader for me and she's the greatest proofreader and fact checker that I've ever seen and so I trust her eyes more than I trust my own I think. So she takes a look and then there's a third round of proofs and then a fourth round and then we just keep going until I can't find any more mistakes and then it's off to the press.
0: And then how soon is a magazine officially ready to go to publications before the month due date? So like let's say that it's due like it's a July or June, or summer, whatever magazine issue, how soon will that be ready to go in advance? Or how soon does it need to be ready in advance to go to publications?
1: So for bridal, first of all, we do two issues a year. And that's pretty typical with most bridal magazines because it coincides with bridal fashion. So spring fashion comes out, we come out with a magazine. Fall fashion comes out, we come out with a magazine. And the bridal lines usually come out twice a year. So for me, for our spring 2022 issue, which will hit newsstands in January. I have to, because the magazine is so big and we have so many copies and we're national and we're on newsstands and everywhere else, um, we will go to press end of November, which means we will start with our content in September, um, our print content. So it usually takes, so that would be September, October, November, December, four months in production before we actually end up seeing it in print.
0: Okay, so that's crazy because you have to get your trends and your fashion and make sure that you're on point with everything. So yeah. where do you get those article ideas and and how do you refresh the content and stay on top of trends then, Amy?
1: The way I look at trends, it's such an odd thing. So magazines really influence the trends, but it's the industry that is influencing us too. So I work really closely with everybody in the bridal industry. I say everybody, I mean, it's not everyone, but man, like the photographers, the planners, the florists, everybody. And they send me their ideas. Lots of them are doing shoots on their own, hoping that they'll be published somewhere. So somebody will do a beautiful styled shoot, send it my way. And I'm like, how did you think of that? Why would you put dead flowers on a table and it's somehow magic, you know? So Who knew that dead stuff is the trend, you know? (laughs) And they really influence how I think because they're the ones in the trenches. They're there every day working with brides and coming up with new ideas to make weddings unique and creative. So we take our cue from the industry experts.
0: And does each issue have a theme too, other than just focusing on the season?
1: No, because like I said, so because we only do two issues, Our spring 2022 issue, for example, is on newsstand from January to July. So, or January to June. And so that means we can't focus on a season and we can't really focus on a theme because it could be old by the time somebody sees it. And the other thing we have to keep in mind is people are planning their weddings a year to two years in advance. So just because you're picking up the spring issue doesn't mean you're not getting married in a fall wedding. You know, so we're, always almost a year ahead of anybody who's getting married so as long as we have a little bit of everything to please everyone that's that's the goal just to inspire couples um and that's why we do all different kinds of styles you know we do really simple classic styles to really elaborate and that way somebody it's going to grab someone's attention every time
0: now in January your spring issue came out. So spring 2020. Let's go back to 2020 because we're rewinding here. Although nobody really wants to go back to 2020. <laughs> so we're back in we're back in spring 2020. Your spring issue was is out and COVID hits, and now everything's changed. And we've seen. The whole world changed, we've seen weddings change. So what changes did you guys have to make during COVID times with the bridal magazine then in terms of photos, articles, advice, you know, like was everybody just jumping on, you know, the let's go to backyard weddings now and elopements?
1: Yeah, I mean, this year was not cool, <laughs> you know, for, for literally everybody. Um, and weddings and the event industry, took such a beating and it's there's certain industries that stand out that everybody's like save the this industry save the that industry but saving the event industry has become a real struggle um wedding venues photographers florists cake decorators you know you name it they they were all out of work and i don't mean like you can work part-time on the side no they couldn't there was there was no work so for us um we ended up pausing our print issue for a year which means we have not printed um since then and that was the same as just about every other bridal publication that existed because publishing is based on advertising that's how we pay for our magazine people pay to advertise you get to publish a magazine when your main advertisers are bridal and travel you don't really have a lot of advertisers supporting your magazine. And it was really not something we wanted to chase either. Like how insensitive would it be of us to go to these, these businesses that are struggling and being like, well, you know what you should do? You should advertise with us. Like, no, that's just not right. Um, So we went strictly online, which is not, which is still a lot of work it's it's a lot of work um so we went strictly online but now we are gearing up for print for spring 2022 and I can feel that like excitement starting already of you know I'm about to go on vacation for 10 days and when I get back it'll be go time here we go like it's go time yeah it's time to start planning so I mean the bridal industry especially watching on social media, it was rough, you know, watching all the couples Mm -hmm. miss their weddings, replan their weddings. For a third time, my cousin just got married, it'll be three weeks ago now. My daughter was the flower girl, and that was their third wedding date, I think, and they still didn't get to do what they wanted. It was beautiful and lovely, and and it was so nice to be at a wedding, Um, but these couples have struggled, too. Just talk about heartbreak. If you've had your your heart set on something and destination weddings and no honeymoons and you know so it was definitely a rough year for everybody
0: oh it just it was one thing after another it was a ripple effect it was horrible and it's still going on
1: yeah it's still happening and you know it's nice to see you can sense if you're in the bridal industry in the event industry you can really sense the energy that's coming back and just the relief that people are feeling that it's time to get back to work um but what came out of this was really beautiful intimate weddings and the emotion for weddings came back i think and and the the sentiments that should be attached to being married you know it's not about the parties and it's not the you know the couple losing their minds over the little details it's about them being one-on-one and exchanging vows and sh- telling people that they love each other you know and these backyard weddings man i uh, some of them have been so beautiful like my mind is blown just because you had a backyard wedding didn't mean you have to skimp on the flowers and the decor and the tablescapes and the you know everything you can get it all in your what in your backyard like small backyard just Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that going forward, that's something we take out of this COVID wedding season is that, you know, what matters is marrying your person.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's really coming down to the nitty gritty of it, of what a wedding is all about. And it's just that intimate moment between two people. You're absolutely right. Um, so we're staff working from home then Amy, like what were staff doing during that time?
1: So we are all at home. I am still at home. And I haven't worked on a fashion shoot since 2020, since early, I, early 2020, because I was already planning for my next issue. Uh, But what we did do is when we were able to open up things where you could have 10 people outdoors, let's say, we were doing, people were doing styled shoots. So wedding planner would call up her friends who were a florist and a makeup artist and et cetera, et cetera. And they'd put together a styled shoot and send it to us. So shoots didn't halt. They actually picked up like crazy because there were no weddings. So all these like creative minds that were dying to, you know, build tablescapes and style models they had time on their hands so they were sending the most beautiful shoots and now the wedding season's back I'm like hello where's everybody's shoots can you please still send them to me um but everybody's got their hands full like crazy with yeah. with this wedding boom that's happening now
0: I know yes tell me about it and I read an article in Forbes magazine they actually uh, quoted in t- December 2020 an article that was titled stop saying print journalism is dead. And then it goes on to share that 60 magazines actually launched during COVID times, which I thought was super interesting. Um, And even though that there was a third time, that there was a time in our third lockdown where you actually, I mean, you remember we're in Canada, we couldn't even buy magazines and they were also removed from receptions and waiting rooms, which who'd ever think that would be a thing. But Amy, do you think that print is on its way out, especially after the hit from COVID?
1: I don't think so. I think that prior to COVID, print was actually making quite a a resurgence because people were feeling, not nostalgic, but loving the purity of print. It's just, you know, it's like transitioning from an e-reader back to your paper books. Like people, e-readers were great and everything, but people want to have a book in their hands. And I think that's the same for print. People still really love especially with magazines, Um, not necessarily news, but especially a a magazine is something you dive into a little bit. It's like reading a book. And I think people still really love to hold that in their hands and especially bridal magazines, because you know, you know what happens when somebody gets engaged. If it's somebody in your family or it's your friend or whatever, what do you do? Somebody is going out running over to the store, grabbing the bridal magazine, showing up at their house, even before they've set a date, and you know, bride and mom and sisters and friends, you all crowd around the table and everybody starts flipping through the bridal magazines and it's like a big deal, it's a a thing, we just do it. Um, So I think bridal magazines will still maintain their popularity.
0: And I wanna talk about the progression of diversities in magazine covers and in the magazine itself too. So in a U.S. study in 2017, out of 200, 200, 214 covers published by 19 of the best-selling magazines, only 20 featured a person of color and had diverse representation. And again, this was in in 2017, so I know that we've come a lot further than then. Um, But in terms of race and gender, size, age, and sexual orientation, Amy, do you think that the magazine industry has improved since then?
1: The bridal industry in general is, has been historically uh, very much lacking in diversity, ridiculously lacking in diversity. And when I took over our magazine, oh my God, like I'm trying to think of when I started, maybe four years ago, I guess, um, that was an, the number one thing on my list to change was I wanted our magazine, I wanted it to be approachable to, to any person. And my first magazine cover uh, featured a black cover model, and it was the first one in the 40 year history of the magazine. It, that's, crazy (laughs) um and it just speaks to the bridal industry in general and when we were not the last ones to make that happen other magazines still had not put any person of color on their cover so i've done seven covers uh since i started and 50 percent are Uh, would would fall into the category of a diverse cover model of yeah and because it's just that's a really important thing to me Mm -hmm. very important you know so since then we've had two south asian models we've had one of them being a plus size model who if you look at her is not what you would think in your brain as a plus size Mm -hmm. person Um, but that's the fashion industry which is coming a long way Mm -hmm. Uh, just in the last couple years like even going so I go to bridal I go to bridal fashion week which is far less glamorous than actual fashion week in New York City but I do go to bridal fashion week in New York City twice a year where I'm running for three days from shoot from show to show to show to show and more and more and more diversity is being included in these runway shows in terms of everything that you can think of. There's just, there's so much diversity and particularly plus size fashion. And I keep saying that and I keep putting, I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see them. I'm using the air quotes because plus size fashion is technically just, you know, your average person person's size in Canada. Um, but it's really come a long way. I think that COVID, during, so during COVID we had another Major crisis on our hands in in the world in, in North America, stemming from the U.S. You know, coming into Canada, but also the world over, in terms of anti-racism and and just a really horrible time in society. I think, and then we're all stuck at home, and we're all becoming keyboard warriors. And I think the racism in in the country really came out. And also those promoting anti-racist racism really came if you If you're an ally for anybody or an advocate for anybody, I think it, it became really important for you to do so um, at a louder volume than you had in the past. So we really, we really took it seriously at Today's Bride. And we went to our bridal industry, we went to our brides, we asked everybody, what can we do to make this better? Because like I said, this is an important issue for me. And from day one with our diversity, in our magazine, and I feel like we've done a great job. We were getting a lot of praise from the bridal community about the job we've been doing, but it's still not good enough. You know, I'd love to be able to, you know, pat myself on the back or, you know, but I can't because it's still not good enough. And that comes from the entire bridal industry for some reason thinking that a blonde white woman is the face of what a bride looks like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. So we're still changing that. So I would say a year ago when, when everything really hit its peak of you know the Black Lives Matter protesting and, and, and all of that, when this really came to front and center and people started criticizing the bridal industry, hard. And we responded. I hope in a great way. We actually did a couple like Instagram lives about the races, like the these racist undertones in the industry. Um, And now, and I was just saying this to my husband. A year later, ish, all of a sudden, all the shoots are white people again. And it's like people have forgotten Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what we should have learned. What we should have learned. Forever ago yeah. but what we've really learned a year ago when people were sitting up and taking notice and being like oh you know what instead of hiring a white model every shoot let's diversify a little. I feel like that's stopping and it's I don't know why, but I'm hoping that we'll get back to. You know, seeing a lot more diversity in our shoots.
0: You make valid points, Amy. And that was, I just have to say that whole spiel (laughs) wrapped up so many thoughts. And I'm so saddened to hear that we are stopping our movement that because this is a progression movement that you're right. We should have been doing this a long time ago. And I don't want to speak too, too much on it um, because we only have so much time Mm -hmm. because that could be another conversation, you know, just to divulge so much more, Mm -hmm. but we are seeing that change. And one thing that i have seen you know is i don't know if you watch the bachelor and the bachelorette but I don't. no but so they actually only just finally had their first black bachelor i did hear that yeah and their second black female bachelorette hmm. and so we're all wondering you know because the voices were there everybody was saying where is it when is this going to happen and it's finally happening but i think it's important to not just include people of color but representing diverse people from all origins, right? Like you were saying, it's just when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, we want to focus on everybody. And one thing I want to also bring attention to, Amy, with today's bride is that you guys actually include different sexual orientations as well. Like when you're scrolling on your feed, yeah. we are seeing um same-sex marriages happening too, which is wonderful and great to see. So I'm really glad to see that today's bride is becoming more inclusive and is evolving and is celebrating love of all kinds too
1: you know, and you would think, like, come on, we're in Canada, open your eyes, be accepting of every person, every person, just do it, but it's still not happening, so there was a big thing that happened this year, um, about a year ago, with a a same-sex couple going to a photographer, um, they're planning their wedding, and these women went to a photographer and were I think it was a photographer and they were denied service um, based on that photographer's beliefs. Mm. And I couldn't believe that that happened. Um, And so out of that, um, a couple people put together this amazing workshop. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. And it's for wedding professionals wedding industry professionals it's the same thing the styled shoot kind of thing but what it is is they'll set up this shoot they have a couple uh whether it's uh two brides two grooms and then they invite photographers to this workshop a to learn to hone their photography skills but also b to learn how to shoot an LGBTQ wedding. If that is outside your comfort zone, then these folks are welcoming you and they're gonna walk you through and be like, look, these are just people. Mm -hmm. These are two people in love, you know? it's, it's unbelievable. I reached out to that couple that was denied the photography, um, immediately on social media. I said, when you get married, send me your wedding. I'm like, I, I don't even care what like, you like, I'm pretty picky about what weddings look like going to my magazine. But at that point they deserved a celebration of yeah. that. And I, <laughs> It turns out I was not the only one that reached out. I think everybody reached out, photographers, cake people. I like, I'll do your cake. I'll do this because talk about a bad start to your wedding planning. This is supposed to be the time when you're celebrating your love, not dealing with close-minded, ridiculous people. And it, it just, it's hard to believe that it's still happening. So, um, Absolutely. LGBTQ weddings, every issue. 100%. It's not, that's not even a thing that we think, oh, we should do, we better get, no, just send them to us. Like, always send us your weddings. We're, yeah. It's weird. People just have this problem with stepping outside any kind of box. We put a tattooed bride on the cover and people lost their minds. It was the first bride with tattoos on a cover of a bridal magazine. And hello, Everybody has tattoos now, but that's not what the bride typically looks like. You know, a bride doesn't have tattoos. No, a bride has tattoos. If you look in our magazines and on our website and on our social, you'll see so many tattooed brides now.
0: Yes. Like, come on, people. We're in 2021. Like we are in this century where everything is normalized now. I mean, and who I would love, I would actually love to see that. And I'm sorry I missed that because that's so cool to see a bride with like a sleeve how freaking yes.
1: Yeah. And that's the reason I chose her for the cover. I was going through um, some model portfolios, just looking for our next shoots and trying to pick models. And I thought, oh, you know, and I saw her, I said, that's our next cover. I'm like, I don't care. And people, we got the most response for that cover out of any cover we've ever done saying good for you. Like it's about time somebody showed a real bride. Yeah. And we talk about diversity and that's clearly not along the same wavelength of of race or gender or anything. But even that is just showing a real person, Mm -hmm. you know, like a real bride. That's what people look like. It's not all photoshopped. And you know, that's what people want to see. They want to see themselves in a magazine. So that's our, that's our goal.
0: Absolutely. And Amy, there are obviously many other bridal magazines out there that it's very much like choosing a wedding dress, right? Like it can be sometimes overwhelming to decide what one to go with. So, what sets today's bride magazine apart from other bridal magazines? And why do you think it's Canada's go to wedding magazine for all the tips and tricks to help brides plan their dream day?
1: I think for us more than ever, I I know I already use this word, but we're approachable. And I know that everybody really loves to look at the weddings that are over the top spectacular. I mean, I love looking at those. They're so beautiful, but how realistic are they going to be for you and your lifestyle? So we offer our brides everything from, you know, a DIY wedding in your backyard to the most over the top, beautiful venue wedding with, with all literal fireworks and all of that, you know? So I think that's what we offer is something for everyone we're not a niche um like glamorous kind of publication we're we're canadian weddings we're weddings that you go to or weddings that you want to be at and i think a lot of them are fun like we like i've posted i think we published put like i love the photos where like the bride and groom are like shotgunning beers like after you know I don't need to see champagne in every hand which is still beautiful I want to see you shotgunning a beer with your husband and you know and it's you're leaning over so it doesn't fall over your dress that's what a wedding is you know it's it's your family it's going crazy on the dance floor with your friends it's just being fun and laughing and loving each other it's not necessarily about you know how big you can make everything
0: Mm -hmm. And what we think is a typical wedding, like a typical pose. You're so right. That's what we love to see. Well, Amy, this past year has been the year for elopements and micro and backyard weddings. We've seen it all. But what trends do you think we're going to be seeing
1: in 2022? So we definitely saw a lot of elopements this year. We just put one on our website. Um, They took a helicopter up to the mountains. Uh, this mountaintop in bc and just got married by themselves and so beautiful like these elopements are have been epic and, and gorgeous i feel like we won't see as many elopements as beautiful as they have been backyard weddings might continue um but a little more elaborate than they were but honestly we're seeing we're already seeing a return to the big wedding um which i love so it's, it's hard to judge the the trends right now because we've just had nothing for so long that now it feels like we're starting from scratch. Like Where do we go now? Um, and I think more than ever though, people are just going to do their own thing. There's no more cookie cutter weddings. This past year has shown you how many things you can do with limited time and limited budget and limited space and limited guest list and it just, it's time to get creative and think outside the box and, and show, have a wedding that reflects your personality. I think more and more and more, that's what we're going to see.
0: Well, I'm excited to see where this takes off. Although rest in peace, 2020 and you know, 2021, it's been an interesting year to say in the least we've, seen you know like you said small weddings to now larger weddings as the summer continues and now we go into the fall so things are going to go back to some kind of normalcy in a way but I think that what we're hoping at the end of the day is that we still stick to what weddings are all about and that's about the two people and celebrating love that's really what we need to get back to and make sure that that's the front and foremost thing that we focus on absolutely absolutely So Amy, we're going to move into my rapid 10, which I have to say, this is probably my favorite edition of rapid 10 thus far, because we are going to combine weddings mixed with the movies mixed with like some fun, horrifying bride stuff. So let's get (laughs) right into it. All right. So I keep quoting all these movies here, Amy, but if I, if you could pick one bridesmaids, father
1: of the bride or runaway bride, what one would you pick? Um, Bridesmaids is amazing runaway bride is amazing I would say runaway bride
0: there we go have you ever crashed a wedding
1: no (laughs) I didn't but I had my wedding crash. well we had the wrong people show up to my wedding they thought they were supposed it was another location and they came to the wrong wedding they put an envelope their card in our card box which was locked and then we had to find someone to unlock the box, go through every single card to like try to find theirs. So we did have them at our wedding, um, but I personally have not.
0: No. Well, at the end doesn't matter, but I mean, oh yeah. my gosh, like that's awful though for the card and be like, oh, excuse me, we need to take this back. we And they not- signed our wedding photo.
1: <laughs> they signed, you know, you have like your photo when you walk yes. in and sign it. You would think they would have looked at the picture and thought, Those aren't the right people. That's
0: hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, What's the approximate cost of a wedding in 2021 on average, do you think?
1: Oh gosh. I would say anywhere from, let's say 20,000. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's that's standard, I think, for 2021. Um, Amy, what's something wild you did at your bachelorette?
1: Oh my gosh. My bachelorette was awful. (laughs) It was an off, it was a it was a terrible night. And for reasons I will not get into, but it was just an awkward. My bridesmaids were each of my bridesmaids thought they knew me best. So they all wanted to plan, they all had different ideas of what we should be doing. And I recently, when I say recently, I mean less than a year ago, had a discussion with two of my bridesmaids who finally confessed that it was like the worst night of their lives and they apologized. They actually said they're going to throw me another bachelorette party because they feel so guilty of how like how awful my bachelorette night was. And we started out like at my house with cocktails and whatever and then we ended up going dancing and like going to some bars and stuff and that was it. Um, But I'm telling you like it was the first time we got together after COVID and I was sitting in my backyard with like seven of my girlfriends and it came out and I could see them look at each other. Like, should we tell her? And they finally said, we are so sorry for your bachelorette party. They, they, they feel awful about it. Amy, you can't tell me all of this and not tell me what happened. There, um, there wasn't really anything that happened. It was just an awkward, awkward night of my bridesmaids all having very different personalities and not meshing very well it was very odd because it was different circles of friends and my sister and my sister-in-law and it just turned out everybody wanted to be in charge but nobody really was in charge and we ended up having not great plans and yeah so it just was not the best night and my friend said you know if anybody deserved the greatest bachelorette it's me like I've been in so many weddings and yeah they just they still feel guilty until yeah
0: We always think it's going to be the best time because you're bringing all of your friends from all these different circles together. And you're like, well, they all love me. They're all going to get along. And then I know, I know I've been there, been there, done that. (laughs) Um, Okay. For couples who still want to do a mini honeymoon getaway without leaving the country, where do you recommend going?
1: Like I would go to Banff. I would do like Whistler something like that but also I'm an east coast gal at heart like I just love the east coast there's not there's such a relaxing vibe in in, you know like Nova Scotia there's so many places you know if you're a city person go to Montreal like it's just there's so many places in Canada that's what people don't realize we have so much in our backyard so many places to explore that we just haven't because you're so used to jumping on a plane and going somewhere but yeah my my go-to right now would be BAM
0: go to Banff. I Mm. lived in Edmonton and me and my girlfriends went there. I would say like we went to Banff as often as probably people here, like young girls go to Montreal. Like we would go there all the time. And you know, what's funny, a funny fact is that they've got a bunch of Australians there. So Mm -hmm. I'm very I think my husband's very fortunate that we were together at the time because I probably would have like stayed in Banff and wound up with an awesome Exactly. <laughs> yeah. as close as I'm
1: gonna get to Australia yeah. as possible and is it so
0: beautiful it's like, gorgeous it,
1: yeah. and
0: there's so much to do like the nightlight's awesome there's so much to like to do like in the winter and in the summer like I mean going going dog sledding I yeah. did it like three or four times with everybody that would like come visit me. I'd be like, okay, well, we're going go dog sledding again, or you're going skiing. And like, and my first time going skiing was, was down a mountain, like not down a hill. Like my first time yeah, was going down a darn mountain. Like how cool is that? Go if whenever you feel comfortable traveling yeah. again, go. I'm gonna it.
1: Yeah, I want to.
0: All right. Okay. Amy, fill in the blank. You should not go any longer than blank when sending out thank you cards.
1: I would give yourself three months.
0: I would too. Any longer than that, it is rude. (laughs) What is the most important thing about choosing a location? The venue or the city slash
1: destination? I would say the venue matters most because that's what's going to reflect your personality. And people don't realize, you know, if you pick a golf course, golf course weddings are beautiful, but it's always going to look like a golf course. It doesn't matter how many flowers you put up or, you know, decor, it's going to look like a golf course. So if that's not your thing, then that's, you know, so you have to choose a venue that suits your personality perfectly. And then, you know, from there and everything just falls into place.
0: And last scenario question, Amy, would you rather catch one of your bridesmaids hooking up with your cousin in the nude or your husband passes out drunk before speeches?
1: Oh, my I we had a deal like our wedding I'm like you're not getting drunk and like my husband's not a huge drinker anyway so like go ahead you want to hook up with my cousin (laughs) all the power to you go for it you do (laughs) don't get drunk That's totally fine just as long as my husband is not drunk like go ahead hook up with my family members (laughs) (laughs) go for it
0: oh my gosh Amy and My final question to you, what is one business female entrepreneur or badass boss babe that you want to give a shout out to?
1: Ooh, so honestly, if I can group them collectively, is this bridal industry, which is a female driven industry. Yes, there are are a lot of males out there that, that are working in this industry, but primarily your planners, your florists, your cake people, every like half your photographers, they're all women and they have battled hard this year like ridiculously hard um, on a personal note shout out to my sister who has built her own business and continues to be successful through covid she, I don't know if you want me to say her business. Yes, <laughs> but, please tell us what um, her business is. Yeah, So she is also in my city in Hamilton. She is known as the spray tan girl. That is what she called her business um, because people kept saying, you know, just call the spray tan girl or whatever. And it started out as a very small mobile spray tanning business. And she has grown it into just this mini empire that she's so well known for in our city and on social media and done it without uh, a formal business education and just done it with, you know, gumption and drive and somebody who doesn't quit and doesn't take no for an answer. And now she's turned this business into just a lifestyle. And so, yeah, so that's, I mean, she's, I can't do what she does. She's a businesswoman at heart and always has been. And so she's, she's pretty awesome.
0: And anyone in the service industry has really had to pivot and do their damnest to make sales and to keep yeah. clients engaged on social media and stuff during this time, because believe me, my spray tan girl in my hometown, it was a rough year. It was a rough year for people in she, the service-based industries.
1: She definitely pivot she, is like the word of the, the year for sure. I mean, and she went from this small to now, like, Her online training services for all kinds of beauty services are just amazing. She just has so many trainees that she has passed on all her knowledge to on small business, running a small business and her beauty knowledge. And it's just, it's crazy how, how successful she has been able to keep going, you know, just keep this business going over the last year and and it just keeps growing. It's amazing. So kudos to her.
0: Well, that's awesome. We will definitely tag her and any babes that are out in the Hamilton area, definitely make sure to check her out. Things are open. Go get your spray tan on. If I'm ever down that way, I mean, I know I will love me a good spray tan, Amy. This was awesome. I have been looking forward to this interview ever since you said yes to coming on the pod. You did a fabulous job. I feel like I could talk to you all day long and so much more. And just thank you for everything that you're doing in the bridal industry in creating awareness uh, towards, you know, celebrating brides of all kinds and being inclusive and including diverse women and just making sure that it people are still happy and putting a smile on bride's face, you know, throughout this really trying year.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. And, and the one thing that keeps us going are couples that are getting married. So feel free to reach out to me, you know, for people getting married. If you have a, you know, sister or brother, whoever who just got married and you want to show off their, their images and tell their story, then please reach out to us. We love hearing uh, great love stories and, and looking at the pretty photos and sharing them with our readers.
0: And now we know too that vendors can submit their work and as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Like, so there we go. Okay, so there you go, guys. They're always looking. Amy, tell everybody where they can find your magazine on social media, your website,
1: and then of course everywhere in store. So our website is todaysbride.ca, and you can find us on social media at mag. And we are crazy active on Instagram and it's really easy to connect with me on, I run our Instagram account. I do all our social. Um, so anytime you're messaging somebody, it's going to be me on the other end and I'm happy to chat and answer questions and talk about shoots or weddings and yeah. And then spring 2022, you will see our magazine everywhere, everywhere. You'll be sick of it because it'll be everywhere.
0: There we go. Well, thanks again, Amy. Babes, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing and following along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on social media at OB Boss Babes Podcast because that's typically where I'm hanging out. We'll see you guys in a few weeks.